Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. And I, th- I think in dadding, that's probably one of the biggest unspoken about things out there. Is your kids are going to copy you. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer. Each week, I bring you honest and hilarious conversations with men from all types of backgrounds. But at the end of the day, we all just want to be better dads. Hey dads, hey attempters of fatherhood, attempterers. <laughs> I guess that's what we are. I guess that's what you are. That's what we all are. Question, who in their right mind lets their five-year-old chop wood with a real axe? Only Rob Yates can answer that one. But first, this season I'm bringing you a little bit more about my own attempts at fatherhood. And I wanted to bring up this idea of cell phone use, our own cell phone use. This past week, I found myself actively trying to leave my phone alone at specific times, trying to be more disciplined about that. I mean, there was a time, remember, when you could only check email when you got back to your computer, right? So I feel like I'm trying to remind myself the world kept turning then. Now, of course, I do like having my phone at the ready, right, for photos, funny video, whatever. But then it's so easy just to kind of slide into social or look at some emails real quick. So I'm trying to set these like mental timers. I'm only saying this because this has been really helpful for me. Maybe it helps you. And I certainly don't have this locked, but I'm just conscious of it. So like if I take Loic, uh, he's my 17-month-old, almost 18-month-old, out to play for 30 minutes or so, I'm going to put my phone in my pocket. I'm going to still have it with me, of course, in case Kirsten needs to get in touch with me or you know, an important phone call or something like that comes in. But I'm going to leave it in my pocket until I get back. That's 30 minutes. That's it. But even if I'm out there in Loic's running around with like a couple other kids and I'm just sitting by myself... It's not just like the chill and and focus on your kid. It's also chill for yourself. Look up, look at the clouds, look at the birds, look at the trees, you know? It's been nice to be just kind of aware of those things, things I'm grateful for, thinking about dinner that I'm probably going to be making that night. So uh, that's my encouragement this week. Give it a try. Let me know how it goes. I would love to hear how it's going for you. You can DM me, of course, on uh, Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood, or you can email me. Bradley at attemptingfatherhood.com. And also a quick reminder. I think I said reminder. I'm leaving that in. Share the show. You know, maybe I'll challenge you guys. Like, share the show with just two dads. All right, just two dads this week. No, this is not a pyramid scheme, okay? Despite the fact that it sounds exactly like a pyramid scheme. I'm just trying to grow this community and reach even more dads and encourage and entertain more dads. And you're the way to do that. You have access to more dads than I do. So, all right. This week, attempting fatherhood is Rob Yates. He's the co-founder of We Get Outdoors, which helps people start outdoor businesses. And their newest adventure, the Dad and Kid Adventure Yard Pack, was really interesting to me. He explains it as essentially a series of videos and instructions on how to take on some cool projects and adventures that you can do with your kids in a scalable, safe way. So you're not that dad that's like, I watched this YouTube video and now I'm going to take our seven-year-old daughter up to the top of Mount Everest on a climb. You can't, you can't do that, bro. You just, you, you can't. And so they get into like fire safety and all this kind of stuff. And and personally, I love this because I love being outdoors with my kids. It's always been a part of my childhood. And now it is being a dad, taking a walk, visiting national parks, even just doing a picnic, whatever it is. It's a major part of our lives. So I was really interested to talk to Rob about this dad pack thing. And I know a lot of us parents, 
uh, struggle with that balance of like playing with our kids, but also being on our phones or, or doing work, you know, in our office or somewhere else. And of course, like I was talking about that before, you can't just shut that off, but we do have to find a way to, to not just outsource them to TV all the time. I definitely do that sometimes. Definitely. 100% have no problem with that. But this adventure pack is a way to make it an easy way to kind of not have to do all the work. You just, you get this pack, they send you all the instructions. So Rob talks about that business, how it came to be and uh, kind of what inspired him. He also talks about the crazy up and down of his dad being an uninvolved parent, then a hyper involved. And then he went through a divorce. And so then his dad was gone again. Also, he has this idea. I'd never heard about this before. Maybe you have. It's a concept that our kids will only grow about 10% further than we are currently in our lives right now. So whatever status you're in, job, relationship, mental health, self-awareness, whatever, they're going to grow about 10% beyond that. Have you ever heard that? I don't know. It's kind of kind of a mind-blowing concept. He said there's data to support it. So he talks about that. So stick around for that as well. Okay, here are his dad stats. He lives in South Africa. He's in his early 40s and he's been married for 11 years. He's got two kids, a five-year-old and a 14-week-old I guess at this point, maybe 19 weeks because we talked a couple weeks back. Anyway, um, I should let you know there is some language in this podcast. That's how Rob talks. And uh, he even asked, is it okay if I... And I said, yeah, man, do what you need to do. So just a quick heads up if you're listening with small ears in the car or something like that. Maybe go back and listen to another episode from season one or earlier in season two. Uh, or, you know, listen when you're solo, when you're when you're somewhere else. Okay, enough of me talking. This week, Attempting Fatherhood is Rob Yates. <laughs> Rob, thanks so much for being on the show. I love the outdoor concept. I love outside. My mom said one of my first words was Southside because I just wanted to go Southside so much. So the outdoors has been such a major part of who we are. So um, give me just a brief on kind of what Get Outdoors is and, and how that relates family-wise. Um, so, so We Get Outdoors is, um, in truthfulness, started as an experiment. Um, we... Um, uh, I've worked in the outdoor industry since the age of 16. And um, when I sold my business nine years ago, I was like, I was like, thought I was done with the outdoor industry. Do you know what I mean? I, I've done it for that long. Um, I, I'm done. And um, having grown and sold a successful business, I stepped into the world of business coaching and with Mark, uh, who's my, who I met him when I got to South Africa, um, another dad. Um, heavily into business. So we set up a business coaching and consulting firm. And the thing that Mark and I always had in common, other than being in being a dad, was the outdoors. We both looked at each other over a pint of beer one day and went, this shirt and tie game, it sucks. Like, what can we do? <laughs> it's so over. It's so That's over, it. well, yeah. Oh, we're done. We're done. What can we do that doesn't involve the shirt and tie? And I'm like, well, we keep talking about turning passion into profit and doing the right thing and, you know, so on and so forth. Let's go and find a big group of people who love the outdoors and then let's see what we can offer them, what problems do they face, what challenges in life, and are we capable of solving any of them ourselves? Um, and we've developed a following of some 55,000, I think even 57,000 people now who mostly on Facebook stalk us on a daily basis. And um, in that following, we found all sorts of problems. Um, but, but one of them's been about how parents or dads in particular get their kids at a young age outside safely 
and kind of on the parents' terms as opposed to dumbing everything down just because they're a child. Yeah. Um, and you have to dumb it down a little bit. Like if you like climbing to the top of big high mountains and um, it's minus degrees and it's in Alaska and you've got a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old in your case, you, that, you might have to dial it back a couple of stages. Mark and I both take our kids out into the outdoors most weekends, weekdays after school, I'm in the garden with my daughter. Uh, she's she's five and uses an axe to split split small pieces of wood. I mean, like, oh that's my stuff. gosh, that's amazing. Here's the biggest problem: I'm a dad. How can I get my children to do that with me, with my wife's blessing, right? As opposed to you know that that other the the other side of it where your yes. wife's like, ah, oh, you're going to kill the children. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, that doesn't seem safe. Part of our job as parents is keeping them safe so you're going against our job if you take them to alaska and hike in negative seven degrees so that's a smart move to be able to to get everyone on board with that Um, one of the things we found in the survey of mums is like what does it take for a mum to easily consent to a dad doing seemingly dangerous outdoor stuff with 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 the kids like what does it take and most of the feedback we got from mums was was if the dad's being instructed or taught and if it's part of an organized like program that's like obvious and linear and sequential and in baby steps the mums are, are all for it but if if the dad just goes here's some crazy shit i found on google and now i'm gonna go and do it with, jo- with johnny or georgina the mums are like whoa he might kill them and then they're not so consenting i and you know i don't know maybe i've got a mom mindset but i don't think i would be consenting either no no one is just like i googled this thing let's do it yeah can we ask a couple more questions before moving forward please you'd never believe bradley the amount of dads <laughs> i've spoken to who are like yeah i saw on google how to go and use a knife so i thought i'd get my kid doing it and i'm like how old's your how old's your kid oh they're three and they've got really good hand-eye good coordination i'm like how have you seen the intersection of like how have uh, adults responded from a standpoint of like their own relationship with their kids how has that kind of built that most people don't um don't necessarily talk about anything profound. It's not like they've shot a shot a, a missile and hit Mars. Do you know what I mean? It's, right, it's, right, right. But um, a lot of the dads who who um, are either part of our membership group or, or, or use our pack, um, what they they talk about having a better quality of life as a dad. They no longer feel guilty for not knowing what to do with their kids on a Saturday morning for an hour or two hours. Um, they no longer feel like they're outsourcing dadding by taking them somewhere, swiping the credit card and getting somebody else to look after their kids for them. They also like it because the the, the adventure pack we have, you know, the, the kids are doing adult-like tasks so that actually adults would enjoy or do enjoy. Um, and so the dads are like, oh, cool. Actually, I'm learning stuff here and my kids are learning stuff here. And actually... My kids are much more capable than I thought they were. Wow, that's pretty cool. I like that. I, I think I think something that I've learned from a lot of the dads I've spoken with is just the power of empowerment, whether it's for ourselves, but especially for our kids. When you when you give them the tools, you give them the opportunities, and you see their faces when those things click. I think of like, you know, when you learn to ride a bicycle or a motorcycle or you learn to do a 
you know, a back handspring or these, you know, these physical things that take time and time and time. And then all of a sudden it happens and it clicks. That moment there is so valuable uh, internally. I think that emotional connection of like the wow, the yes, that I did it is so powerful. That's it. I mean, every kid really wants to be able to do what mummy and daddy can do. Right. Like that's, that's that, that inherently inside of themselves. And I think children are far more capable of doing that safely if the parents put their own BS to one side. And, you know, when I observe my daughter, um, and I've got a very small little 14-week-old son, so he's not, he just loves rolling on the grass at the moment. That's 14 his, that's his, weeks, bro. Get yeah. some sleep. Oh, good luck. Yes. COVID baby. Um, oh, yeah. Say no more. Yeah. Well, when, when you get stuck at home for months on end, you've got to do something to entertain yourself. <laughs> that's right. And when actually you speak in a, uh, use forward-facing words, so it's all about what to do as opposed to what not to do. Um, you use forward-facing language and you, you do it in small chunks and it's very positive. Then you get after a few years and it does take time but my daughter does stuff does stuff with me now that most parents wouldn't let their 12 to 14 year olds do um (laughs) just because of this approach yo you yes you dad it's time to start caring a little bit more about yourself You're doing a great job keeping those little humans alive, but if your personal hygiene game is slipping, it's okay. The folks at Bird Hair are stepping up to help out. They're offering 15% off all of their products to Attempting Fatherhood listeners using the code BIRDAF. That's B-Y-R-D-A-F. So go ahead, grab some body wash, hair product, or shampoo. It's made in California using super clean and natural ingredients, and every purchase directly supports Attempting Fatherhood. So... It's a win-win. Okay, back to the show. You know, I, I, I want to get into a little bit of your dad life. When you guys had children, or you had Caitlin, I guess, just to start with, was there a thought of, let's have a big family, let's have one, were kids always in the mix? What was that conversation? So we'd always agreed two children, and um, here we are now. Um, we'd we um my, my wife comes from a from from two kids as it were she, well uh, yeah she's her and her yep. sister and um i they, from me there was three of us as kids me and two other brothers and um yeah i uh, two kids was was the number I, I actually probably would have settled on one <laughs> had it not been for my wife sure sure um but uh, but but two kids was two kids was the thing and and, and part of that was how far can you spread yourself right. emotionally, physically, financially? Um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to go to a, um, a very good private school, um, boys school when I was sort of 11 years old. And um, uh, my parents could afford to send me, but they couldn't afford to send all three of us. So the decision was made, well, if we can't afford all three, then then everybody goes to a state school, which, which wasn't a bad thing. And it hasn't served me badly in life. But, um, if my kids are smart enough to go to a, to get, sit the exams and go to a good private school, I'd like to be able to afford to send them there. And, um, 
the, the more kids we've I have, the less it's likely scale. that is it's to be afforded. It's just basic economics. That's interesting. Wow, what a, what a big it. moment to have felt like. I mean, did you feel like you were the burden? Like, hey guys, I'm, you know, I, I've, I got in. Can we all do this? And your parents were like, if we can't all do it, none of us can do it. And you're, I mean, that must have just been really hard to hear that and to know and like look around at your brother and sister and be like, I know where you sleep. I want to get into that school. You're out of here, buddy. <laughs> the idea now um, in business, I'm very well aware that the quality of my network is very highly linked to the quality of my livelihood and mm. my income. And well, what would have been if I'd had a highly affluent um, high school network with parents who are highly affluent? Would that have set me up better in life? I don't know the answer to the yeah. question. Um, would I like to be able to afford my kids to have a highly affluent network from their high school years? Um, I, th I think the answer to that question is yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think overall to me, you know, if, if in your mind that, you know, equals success and safety and setting your kids up, then absolutely. Why would you not want that? What parent is like, nah, I'd really just let my kids rough it out, tough it out, you know, get all skinned up and have to figure it out. It's like, no, we want to care for our kids. So I totally get that. Now, what about, yeah. uh, what about growing up? Like from your dad, was there anything that kind of from his fathering that you were like, this was so spot on. I'm totally using this actively in my life with my kids, with my wife. And then what is something that maybe was going on and you were like, I'm not really going to do that. Or I'm going to leave that part out when, when I father, when I become a dad. That's a great question. I'm going to answer both with the same story, I suppose, if that's Ooh, okay. Okay. I love stories. This is great. So, so my dad is a, or he's retired now, but when I was a child was a successful business owner. Um, and um, he, he did, you know, I, I'm, I was born in 76. So at that point in time in the world, you know, mid-70s or, or through to maybe the start of the 90s, dads didn't hang out with their kids that much. They were the provider. They were the cash earner. They broke themselves 12, 14 hours a day, five or six days a week. And then they were tired on the weekend and they watched their sport and had a beer and maybe did their hobby. And Totally. Press repeat. Um, and it would be fair to say that up until my, I turned probably 11 or 12 years old, um, that story was my dad. Um, and it wasn't that he wasn't a good dad. He was an incredible dad by the standards of that time. Um, however, he wasn't really that present. Um, it all changed when I joined the Scouts and um, joined a, a canoe club when I was 11 or 12, somewhere around that 11 or 12 thing. And um, my mum pretty much said she didn't have time to take me, so my dad had to take me. Um, and suddenly, you know, I got to sit in the front seat of my dad's car for the first time when it was being driven. You know, you, I remember that experience. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was like you, you, you may as well be smoking and going to college. It's like you, you became a, an adult in that moment to sit in that front seat. And there were really not the airbag issues and restrictions that you have now. So you could do that at a little bit younger or smaller size. That's it. That's it. And, you know, um, learn to sing all the Neil Diamond songs as well, to be honest, because they were playing. Uh, um, 
Uh, so anyway, so the, um, the, the guys at the canoe club and the scout leaders identified the fact that there was this guy sat in the car who was my dad just dropping me off, hanging around for a couple of hours, picking me up and then taking me home. And they quickly roped him into being involved with the scouts and, become, and therefore becoming a scout leader and then becoming a, a kayaking instructor. And... Um, and suddenly I'm now scouting and kayaking with my dad. And that moment of change where my dad became a active participant in my childhood, not in just disciplining me or, 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 or rights and wrongs or anything like that. But, you know, we learned to kayak at the same time. Which actually means that we were both as oh, crap that's as each. Cool. We were both as yeah. crap as each other. <laughs> that's good. There's solidarity in your awful kayaking. That's it. And I suppose that, so. The, the bit that I've left behind is um, I don't want to be a a distant dad in that like 70s and 80s model um, now in my kids' early years. Um, and the bit that I'm taking is that finding ways to be an equal with my kids, which is hard with the baby, but with Caitlin, it's very possible. I still want to be a, and I still am a successful businessman like my dad was, but, but I don't want to do that in the work 14 hours a day, six days a week and not be able to be present at home. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And also so clearly telling what a through line between childhood you know, connecting with your dad, doing great outdoors things and what you're doing now, empowering fathers to connect with their children through great outdoors things like that's amazing. It's pretty cool that your dad kind of switched up gears. Um, and and I, I know that I'm six years older than my youngest brother of a, a sister in the middle who's three years younger. And I kind of feel like they had a different set of parents. And my parents would agree with that, too, than I did. Did that happen with your siblings as well? I think very much so. Um, so my parents got divorced when I was 16. And um, I, I think those... And, and, and so I suppose well, when I was 16, um, I uh, uh, my dad moved out of the house. He moved an hour's drive away. Um, and suddenly I rarely saw my dad anymore. Um, that was a, a thing. You know, age 16, you're developing independence. I could go kayaking on my own. You're doing all of those, finding your way into the world. And, but there was a, a very big effort then for him to spend time with my younger two brothers. There, there was degrees of guilt and all sorts of things floating around from my, my mum and my dad. Um, it would be very unfair to say that I was forgotten but i definitely wasn't the priority it was like rob's working he's qualifying as a kayak instructor he's got another part-time job on the side he's got a girlfriend he's passed his driving test you know i won't say he's all good but like he's all good um, it's like triage in the hospital it's like well that person they have a cut we've put a band-aid on it this person's arm fell off so we're going to come back to you with the cut but we're going to take care of the arm that fell off first. You're still in the hospital. You're still clearly in need. They just viewed you as not as much need. 
that's it. You know, my younger brother was 10 at the time. My other brother was 13 or 14. Um, and they, they had much bigger, uh, much bigger need. So um, I, I think we all had very, very different parenting experiences. Um, I couldn't tell you whether it was for good or bad or, or anything else. Uh, I couldn't put a judge because you don't know anything else, right? That's it. You just, you only lived one experience. It, it is what it is. It's, um, it's very interesting though, that stuff that you learn from that in, in retrospect, as you look backwards, mm. um, so there's, there's things that I've observed. There's actually data out there to, to, to back this up that, that your, your kids often go and repeat the same mistakes that the parents, parents made that that's quite commonplace. Um, you know, if, if you come from a broken home, the likelihood of you having a divorce is quite high. Um, if, if you've not been to college or not educated, the likelihood of your kids pursuing education and college is, 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 is about the same as yours. Um, and, and so I suppose what it's brought consciously into my mind in recent years, especially since starting to step into this, how can I better support dads sort of world? I, I think that dads maybe could be supported better, and I, and I want to help them do that, to think about... Who do I want my kids to be when they're older? And my kids are probably going to be a 10% variant of me, 10% better than me. If I just tread my normal path and live my Groundhog Day year, year in, year out, the kids are likely to get 10% better than I have. And I suppose we could call that evolution. And so when I project forwards 13 to 15 years for Caitlin um, from where she is now, and, and I say, am I happy with that? Like, am I happy for her to be a 10% better version of us or of my wife and I, or, or would I like her to have something substantially better or different or, or I, there is no right or wrong answer. It's just, it's a question. And then the only way to facilitate that difference is for me to live that difference now so, so, that, so, so that she's got an active role model to follow. Like, she, Caitlin is likely to choose a husband who's a variant of me. Um, yeah. just a, a, a younger guy with more hair, hopefully. Um, <laughs> if, if I'm not faithful to my wife and I'm not a good husband, she's going to go and choose a guy who's not faithful to the wife and mm. uh, to, 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 to her rather, mm. and, and is not, a, not a good husband. It kind of is forcing me to, to be braver, to, um, uh, to actively show her that I do learn on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. I do study, um, that I am developing myself, um, to actually grow my businesses to a, uh, to a much larger scale than probably I feel comfortable because I, I want to show her what's possible because then she can be mm. 10% different or better than me um to show her that you can do those things without having to sacrifice you can juggle everything and have a really super awesome lifestyle and i th i think in dadding that's probably one of the biggest unspoken about things out there is your kids are going to copy you whether you like it yeah. or not so are you happy with what they're copying that's uh, boop, mind blow. That's fantastic. I love that. I feel like as a dad, like anything, there are phases, right? So like when you're first the dad and it's just baby, like before Caitlin and, you know, or when Caitlin was just a baby, you were a certain type of dad. 
certain level of dad. And then as she's growing, you're growing. And then if you add another kid in the mix, which you guys have, I feel like all that kind of shifts your fatherhood. And so I feel like it's cool that you've now kind of organically come to this place, especially reflecting back. Like you're at a place where you can look back at your childhood, look back at your dad, look back at, you know, and I imagine that was tough to have dad gone because he's working and then totally involved because he's kayaking and then gone because he's divorced. Like that kind of instability you know, and, and so I'm sure that factors into it as well. But I love that, you know, you're, you're kind of distilling it down into your kids are going to be you. Are you OK with that? Are you happy with that? And, and that's such a clear way um, to to look at it. What what in your kind of experiential research and business world and, and you know, just dad friends, what are other places dads are hurting that they just don't either don't talk about or you know, kind of like areas that we could just pick it up as a dad, but we just don't or haven't seen that. If you go Google how to be a better dad, and I've, trust me, I've done it. <laughs> you, you end up with, um, you end up with, with blogs and articles that say, well, as a dad, you need to be more present and more mindful. Yeah. yeah. And, and am I allowed to curse? Yeah, of course. Say whatever. What the fuck do those two words really mean? Um, <laughs> exactly. That's the problem. It sounds great. But what does that mean? You can't do anything with that. That's not actionable. Exactly. And, and there's one thing we know about guys who have testosterone running around their bodies is that we work really well with practical, actionable guidance. Yeah. Um, like, like we, we don't work that well with theoretical fluffy. Just be present with your wife and child more. Yeah. Well, what does that really mean? I mean, you could be around and not present. You know, that, yeah. that's different. You could be at home, but you're on your phone or you're working or you're thinking about something else. So that doesn't really work. It's, it's hard to define that. That's it. Um, and the same with mindful. Like, nobody knows what that really means anyway. No. <laughs> I interviewed a, um, uh, a sports psychologist um, in San Diego um, last year for my podcast. I was talking to her and I'm like, okay, so what, what do athletes really need to do to like go and excel? Should they need to be exceptionally present in the moment? And I would say, great. So how do we achieve that? She said, well, the starting point is to be exceptionally mindful. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. Like, what do we... What, <laughs> Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. That's do it. I, do I like, count something in my brain? Am I tapping my fingers? How can I be mindful? Tell me. Like, is, is my iPhone? Is it on? Um, is it on noisy? Is it on silent? Uh, is it off? Is it in the room? Is it not in the room? Is it in my pocket? I mean, yeah. Like, what, oh, I feel what you am so I supposed much on that. to actually do? Because you're a dad, you're like, I want to do better. And I can't find, that's a lot of the reason why I started this podcast was simply to, to help move the dad narrative forward. I mean, there's other great dad podcasts out there. I'm not, you know, certainly don't have the market cornered on that, but this concept that like dads need to hear other dad stories, dads need to have uh, advice come through from experience rather than just theoretical, be present, be mindful, um, you know, demonstrate to your kids. Okay. Give me an example of that. Show me that, right. You have to show me how to show my kids. And, and that's creating this community creates multiple opportunities for people to connect with somebody's input on that. Right. So I, I like that you're saying that. If you want me to be present and mindful, well, I'll just fall asleep on the grass outdoors next to my daughter because I'm that tired. So like what? And I think what's, what's also hard about that is then it can send you into this, that shame and guilt spiral, right? Like, well, I want to be present. I want to be mindful, but I'm so exhausted. I guess I just can't be the type of dad that I want to be. 
give up That's or, it. you know, it's just like, well, ah, I'm just not doing such a good job. And I, sh- I wish I could be doing that. And I wish, it- and that's not helpful either. That's, that's yeah. the negative of that whole thing. Can I, I'll share a little story with you about how this adventure pack came about. And explain what the adventure pack is, because I think that's, I was a little confused. I was like, oh, there's a big box coming with like ropes and flashlights. And then I was like, wait, more, it's more like a, a, an access to a, to a site. So tell me a little bit about what that is and then how it came about. So the, um, the adventure pack itself is a, a series of activities, um, on, like tutorials, I suppose, for want of a better word, online um, with me and mostly my daughter, Caitlin, um, doing stuff that we do relatively frequently together um, and trying to piece it together in a way where, um, Bradley, you can watch that video. It's 10 minutes on a Monday evening. You can do the sales pitch about how awesome it's going to be to go and I don't know, light a fire with your daughter on a Saturday morning because it's a bit of like take them away from unicorns and Peppa Pig and, (laughs) you know, so on and so forth. Um, And and then on Saturday morning, um, we give you the resource list, everything that you need. And on Saturday morning, you can then go and follow the structure that, that I've given and go and have success doing something productive, cool, enjoyable outdoors with your kids for half an hour to an hour and a half or longer if you want it to be. I mean, if, if you and the kids are having great time, you can time, stretch just, it. I, if there's anything I, I can do as a dad is stretch. We need, I got two hours till dinner. I'm stretching. We're walking to the park. We're not driving. We're going to all take our time in this way. We're going to sit down for waters. Yeah, we can stretch. Dads can stretch. There's 11 of those sessions and then a couple of videos around advice and guidance lessons that I've learned, I suppose. Um, and yeah, it's what I think we're charging thirty-seven dollars or something for it. It's not a it's not a huge amount of money, um, and you do need to buy a few resources along the way. But we chuck all the Amazon links in there to make life easy for dads. Um, and yeah, you can use those resources on an ongoing basis for months and years afterwards. I mean, it's it's there. And I I decided to do it um, like adventures in the backyard. Um, or the local park, or a balcony, if that's all you've got. Um, but but do it where, you know, when a daddy's tired on a Saturday morning, they've had a hard week. Just do it where you can fall out of bed, have a cup of coffee, fall into the yard and do something. And, and, and it's, it's easy. It's low threshold. Um, and I'm pretty sure most dads say they've learned a bunch of stuff and um, the kids... I've learned a bunch of stuff and everyone's had a good time together. And you're setting your dads up to succeed so they can feel like they're winning. They can feel like I'm doing it. I'm dadding. And this leads back to where this all started um, in terms of the pack and um, is before Christmas, I was building a, a new fence in my backyard and the fence is... Well, I don't know what it is in feet, but it's it's about 30 meters long. Um, and, and I made it out of big, thick uh, poles and um, treated planks, sort of a, a farm style fence. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, and I, I'd set aside a weekend to do it. And I had to take down the previous wall and wheelbarrow all that into a skip so it can get taken away and then build the fence, dig holes, you know, so on and so forth. And on the Saturday morning at about, 
I don't know, somewhere around 10 to 11 a.m. I'd been at it for since seven. Um, and Caitlin comes out and she's got her gumboots on and she says, Daddy, can I help? And half of me wanted to say, too grown up, too dangerous. Um, uh, I don't have time. Um, I I need to get this shit done. It's actually going to take me more time because I got to teach you. I just want to knock this out. That's it. And then the other half of me was like, I wonder. So I I, I went with I wonder. And and I said, yeah, of course you can. And so I I quickly gathered up a whole bunch of of random bits of bricks that were left and off cuts of wood. And I've got a spare um, electric screwdriver and a little a little baby hacksaw, um, uh, you know, like a little used for electrics and stuff like that. Tiny little thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and so a, a bunch of screws and a little hammer and some nails. And so I built a pile of all this stuff for her and said, well, why don't you build your fence and I build mine? And if I need a hand, I'll ask you. And if you need a hand, you ask me and we'll we'll both build walls and fences. And um, well, she spent literally till 6 p.m. It was getting dark um, with me outside doing that. Um, and yeah, oh, she walloped things with a hammer. She broke. It was all good. Um, and, but, but you know, my, my wife turns up with a beer for me at four o'clock, um, a cold beer. And it suddenly dawned on me that Saturday night, I was having a hot shower. I like, when I've done a hard day of labor in the garden, I like to have a hot shower with an ice cold bottle of beer in the hot shower. Cause that's just like <laughs> my idea of heaven. That just feels like, I don't know why, but such a UK kind of thing to do. I don't know why. It just made the combination of beer. It's like, you can't stop me from my beer, but it's shower time. You can't stop me from my beer. Okay, go for it. Bradley, if you haven't done it, just go do it. It will revolutionize your world. This weekend, I will be doing that. I'm going to get an ice cold beer. I'm going to take a hot shower. It'll revolutionize. Anyway, so I'm in the beer beer having a cold shower. No, I'm in the shower having a cold beer. And, And I thought, you know what? Today in total, I'm not quite as far as I thought I would be, but I'm not that far behind. I thought, you know, what's the likelihood of me finishing it tomorrow, Sunday? Not that high. Um, but, you know, my wife's got this amazing meal ready for me and she's giving me cold beer. And, and it's interesting that the fence then took that weekend and the following Saturday to do, of which Caitlin spent all that rest of the time with me building her fence and her wall. My relationship with my wife went up like five levels. Um, you know, it, we, we were already pregnant at that point in time, but it'd be fair to say if we weren't, we may well have been after the fence was completed. Nine months later, this is our son. His name is Fence. That's uh, a very yeah. creative name, uh, but we felt like it was, uh, it was a metaphor. That's it. Well, it's better than a friend of mine whose child's called Harry because they conceived, they conceived him whilst watching Harry Potter. Um, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> I guess it's better than Hogwarts or something like that. Harry's better than that. Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, here's Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it suddenly dawned on me, you know, I've, I've, I, the fence has taken a day longer, but I've won in every way, way else. And my wife is so grateful because she actually got three days clear just to do stuff that she wanted to do because Caitlin was being looked after. And 
I don't know what would have happened if I'd have said that more Saturday morning, no, I don't have time. It's too dangerous. It's too grown up. Go and spend time with your mum. But I would put money on it that after I've had all of that boy time building fence a fence that weekend, next weekend, I would be like, and here's Caitlin, go entertain her for all day Saturday. Like, go do stuff. I want some time because I didn't yep. have a weekend last yep. weekend. Yep. And so that was like the aha moment that this isn't just about dads and kids having better relationships as, as, a, as a father and son, father and daughter, whatever it may well be. This actually is about dads enhancing the level of their life significantly. Um, you know, I, I went to work on Monday morning feeling better, mostly Maybe because of rampant sex. I don't know what it was, yeah, but you know, I, went, I felt who better. Knows? Probably the beer. Probably the beer. Probably the beer. And so it's like a win-win-win. I actually closed more sales that week after that? than I normally do. I, I can't tell you why. And the thing is that the, the dads who are part of our beta testing group start saying the same thing. That's the that's where the, the rubber hits the road when other guys start to experience the same thing. Um, where their wives give them when they say they want to do something that their wife previously would have said was too risky, like a new business venture or uh, whatever it might be. Mm. Suddenly their wives are more open to it. Um, and that's fascinating. I didn't even think about that element to it as well. Yeah. So it's just like a win through 360 degrees. Uh, all right. Well, as we're wrapping up here, obviously, thank you for your business and thank you for your time. Is there some kind of some some words of encouragement you could give to other dads out there? We're all just trying our best, but what is something you could say to, to really encourage other dads listening? Um, so to start with, if you're another dad listening, you are flipping awesome, like already. Um, you, you are awesome. You are doing all of the right stuff. Is there opportunities to do some more stuff? Of course there is. There always is. But you're already flipping awesome. Um, so, so take that as a starting point. And then I'd say that the next thing is the question I asked in the middle of this conversation around how do you want your kid's future to be? Because they're going to be a version of you. And are you happy with that? Um, Maybe go have a think about that. Um, and then maybe think about, is there a business venture you've always spoken about but never done? Is there a career move? Is there a, a way you can be a better husband? Um, I don't know w w what it is. Is it going back to school and getting your master's degree that you've always thought about? I don't, I don't know what it is. But um, ask yourself that question and be brave and take some action around it. Because... It won't just be your kids who benefit from it. You'll benefit from it. Your family will benefit from it. Uh, and maybe the size of the legacy we all leave behind will be bigger. Rob Yates dropping nighttime bombs of wisdom coming all the way from Johannesburg. That's amazing, dude. Thank you so much. And Rob, thank you for attempting fatherhood. Thank you, sir. It's been incredible. Have a great day or night. Uh, get a little work done and get some sleep. I've got a 14-week-old. Uh, sleep is a... Um, yeah, that's a... That's, uh, it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Attempting Fatherhood. My whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and, and gets you excited about living your life, doing what you're doing. 
If you have felt that way, please make sure you rate us on Spotify, on Apple. Just rate us. Give us some stars, hopefully five. And make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great way to build community, to share this information with other dads. You know, start a text chain, whatever. That helps us. That helps you. We grow this community and all that. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood. Again, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.